Um, Parasocial activity. What you know about that? Knowledge and camaraderie. Tell me what you know about Two pals teach each other about stuff they know so that we feel a bit less alone. <laughs> uh, let's just start. It's fine. All right, let's start. I'm very excited. Okay, so the topic is Sherlock Holmes hey. stories and mm-hmm. specifically adaptations of Sherlock Holmes. Obviously, I can't touch on all of them, but right. There's so I just wanted to start just to get your knowledge and ask you what um, pieces of media have you consumed that have Sherlock Holmes in them? Okay. I think my first experience with Sherlock Holmes, I've never actually read a Sherlock Holmes book. I've never read Great. Conan Doyle. Perfect. But when I was in the fourth grade, my Hebrew school teacher recommended The Beekeeper's Apprentice to me, mm. um, which was, <laughs> do you know about The Beekeeper's Apprentice I books? think you told me about it. Yeah. They're a little, they're good, but also weird. Yeah. So this girl, Mary, is 15, recently orphaned in a car crash. Um is walking along the Sussex Downs and encounters elderly Sherlock Holmes. And even though they're like, I don't know, 40 years apart um, in age, she's his intellectual equal and she becomes his apprentice. And so she like solves mysteries with him. Um, And then as the books go on, she and Holmes hook up uh, and get married. Hold on. Um, (laughs) That's um, interesting. Did you feel like, did you enjoy that? Or did you feel like it was kind of jumping the shark? No, I was, I was grossed out for sure. Yeah. <laughs> See, um, I am so impressionable. I would have been like, that seems right. That, no, it made me really uncomfortable. Because it's like, after like a dangerous adventure, like he kisses her and it's like, I've been wanting to do that since the moment I met you. Mm-hmm. He muttered into my neck. And then she's <gasps> like, Holmes, when you but met me, 14. you thought I was a boy. Because she used to like wear a cap over her hair. Uh, and he was like, yes, so imagine my relief when I realized you were a girl. I think that was the oh. line. Anyway. Sounds like he really made an impression on you. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. I think I only read that book once, maybe twice. Mm. Uh, it is weird <laughs> that I remember that. The second book is really good. I actually mm. think I like that one better. The first one's kind of vignette The second one's good. Anyway. Mm. So I read those uh, when I was young. Um and then, yeah, so uh, one of my, honestly, one of my favorite Christmas memories of all time, <laughs> uh, my family and my best friend's family went to the world's biggest Chinese restaurant out on Route 1 in uh, Massachusetts. It was Kowloon <laughs> and ate a buttload of Chinese food. And then we went to this massive multiplex. There were eight of us because it was uh, two families of four. And I think it was like, in sets of, well, no, I guess like sets of three, maybe. Uh, we all went to see different movies. So my sister and her friend and like a parent went to see Elvin and the Chipmunks. And okay. my parents saw like The Blind Side. And I think my friend's dad by himself went to see Avatar. Uh, oh, no. And my friend and I and her mom, I guess, went to see Sherlock Holmes. And I... Oh man, I was so into it. It was just the right amount of scary mm. for like thirteen year old me. Um because it's like good and spooky, but then it's all explained. Um Sure. 
I so when you told me that you were gonna do a Sherlock Holmes episode of this podcast, mm-hmm. I went and rewatched it for the first time in like ten years because uh, it's on Netflix. Yeah, and I hadn't realized. I don't know. Like I, I think I was just getting into streaming things illegally. I think that's mm. why I was able to watch it so much, but I had not realized the how many times I had seen this movie Re- because beat for beat. It was so familiar. Wow. It was like you remembering thought it was worth a dream. Rewatching that many times. I was just... so into it. Huh. Oh, the score, the, the animation in the like the din. Yeah, din, yeah, din. yeah. Um, I think it's Hans Zimmer did the score. Um so that's right. Yeah, it was nominated for an Oscar, the score. Wait, maybe it wasn't Hans Zimmer. Now I'm fuck, I quit firefox to well allow this it to is hans zimmer so. you are correct heck yeah um <laughs> i see doing this doing this podcast has made me so aware of how often i casually toss out trivia <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, yeah. then i have to fact check it yeah um, that's why i have the imbd page open and the wikipedia page open <laughs> nice um yeah so like also the animated title sequence with like mm-hmm. the the it's really good uh, the uh, city where it looks London. like it's drawn yeah. up yeah like their their cool banter like he and watson like beat someone up or watson <sighs> like saves some saves him from someone at the beginning they beat the dude up and then holmes is like always oh, good to see you watson like it's uh-huh. so classy uh-huh. sure. so yeah i had really liked good it time. <laughs> i'm so grateful that you had me revisit this movie um and then finally the third stage of mm. my uh, Sherlock experience is that uh, I was a big Tumblr kid. Oh, okay. And so I was deep into the Super Hulock fandom. You were? At one time. Okay. I wasn't oh, sure. Because yeah. you oh, didn't I, watch Supernatural. I did. Oh, I did watch, oh, you're just I did watch a lot of Supernatural. So oh. I watched like a couple of seasons in high school. It was really scary for me at the time. Oh. And so I was revisiting it, not with my eyes closed half the time. And also just like to see to see mm-hmm. if it was good. Mm-hmm. I I'm not sure. I kind of gave up, but well, I think it's good for the I first five seasons. I I just like was very aware that I was kind of antsy whenever I was watching it. Mm. Um, so you also watched BBC Sherlock at that time in yes. like thirteen fourteen. Yeah, like fourteen fifteen. Oh, I would say. Okay. I have Did you watch all it? of it? Or obviously, no. yeah. I watched, like, the first two. I've seen, like, maybe an episode after Reichenbach. Um, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Well, when that was big, only two seasons were out. And so the fans yeah. were just rewatching those six episodes over and over again and theorizing right. about season three. Well, and I season three it's... took so long to come out that most of us had lost interest. Oh, my God. Wait. Yeah. There were all those memes on Tumblr uh-huh. that were like waiting for season three. And uh-huh. it's like a photo of skeletons. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think maybe I started season three, but then like didn't care. Because they're all 90 minutes. It's yeah. just like a lot of movies. Oh, yeah. I definitely watched all of season three. Oh, was it good? It was fine. It it was fine. Okay. But, you know, you're watching it for a certain reason and, you know, it doesn't happen. So... <laughs> <laughs> you allowed yourself to be queer baited by Sherlock. Um, it was not like I. No, they I wasn't... were never gonna give it to us. 
you're right i don't know like come on the thing is i can't watch a show unless i'm a little bit invested in some sort of romantic tension i find I understand it that. very difficult to stay interested and i know that's like a personal failing no but... it, i completely understand it I stopped watching Schitt's Creek after I realized that I was, I was really literally only watching Schitt's for Creek David. For this exact reason, because I have tried to watch it six times now. Oh my and God. And I finally realized, oh, it's because I don't ship anyone. Like, I was shipping David and Stevie, but that got I, resolved yeah, I'm really sh- quickly. <laughs> I, well, I was confused. I was shipping them, but I was like, that's not going to happen. And that did happen. And then I still enjoy their friendship, but. I don't care about any of the other characters. I don't so either. I find them irritating. I I'm so I, irritated by Mora. Oh my gosh! No, it's the dad who every time there's a scene with him, I skip it, especially oh if God. it's with Roland. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, I can't get behind, I cannot get behind Roland. Yeah, that's the kind of character who's just like no one's enjoying this. Yeah, no one is enjoying this. It's like I when feel- I ugh, it's like secondhand on. embarrassment. It's like when I watch The Office. Well, I, I I enjoy the office immensely, but sometimes I, sure. you know what I mean though. Like, <laughs> yeah, sometimes they're just like grating, and but it's just mm-hmm. uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, but I feel like Shit's Creek, like people, it won so many awards recently. People talk and people about it, love it so often. That's so why much. I keep trying. It must have gotten better. It like it must get better. <laughs> well, like we were saying the other day. Things that are long, if you just put enough time into it, you'll feel emotional at the end. So, eventually we weren't I w- saying we didn't say that the other day. You just listened to the episode we recorded a month ago, which yesterday. was another day that was not this day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, why does that conversation feel so fresh? I know it's cr- it's almost like we have a parasocial relationship to each other. <laughs> To ourselves. To ourselves because we have to edit the episodes. Oh gosh, I'm dreading when I have to edit one. I'm excited for you. (laughs) To not have to do it. I am excited for that as well. (laughs) But it's fine. I still have to tackle the um the musical episode, which we may or may not even Yeah. It well we might not even use it depending on how it turns out. So it might be like a practice. uh, People listening to this are like what episode yeah the secret episode well you know the what se- the lost that episode happens a lot in sherlock holmes stories which i love is like <laughs> john will be like ah the case of the whatever and then you'll be like oh i want to know about that he never tells you he's like well, oh, that, that case happened so last week coy john yeah he does it all the time Damn. but anyway so you watched bbc sherlock and i did did you like it yeah i yeah. liked it um i liked you know i mean it's weird when you are like so entrenched in Tumblr. Yeah, it's to... impossible to experience it in like a non-fandomy way. Exactly. It's like you can't separate it from the memes. Like even when you said John just now in my <laughs> head, I was like John, <laughs> like J A W N, because that's how everyone like phonetically yeah. types out Sherlock saying his name. It's always weird when you realize that like super fandom stuff is also enjoyed by like a general audience. Yeah, like. When uh, Fleabag came out, when Fleabag season mm. two came out, I knew all these adults who were like, oh, well, I knew Andrew Scott because of Sherlock. And I was like, yeah, we all knew him strange. because of Sherlock. <laughs> that's strange that you also watched this with none of the like horny context I watched yeah. it with. Yeah. Like one time I was watching Sherlock in my basement and my brother 
walked out of his room and he was like, oh, I thought I heard that show. I haven't watched this in a while. And he sat down and watched it with me. And I was like, what? Excuse You're you? going to watch this? Because he's like <laughs> very like he he has like strong opinions about media and like wouldn't watch mm-hmm. anything girly or like if he knew why girly. I was watching it, <laughs> like, he like, would have been like, what the heck? I feel like, I don't know. Do do adults or just people who aren't like gay millennials not uh want everyone to be together all the time yeah okay this is making me feel so much better because i i'll always like see a review and someone will be like oh there's too much romance like this always stick a boring romance plot on there and i'm just like that's why i'm watching but it's not even like yes i think I think, yes, sometimes people, writers will throw in a, a romance plot and it be, can be kind of boring. Totally. But separate from that, like we, you know, looking at something like Super Who Lock, mm-hmm. and I think Doctor Who obviously is the show that like did the best job of actually writing in the queer romances you wanted to see. Mm. Um, or I guess Torchwood did. Tor- yeah. <laughs> Torchwood was just sort of like the little the little dustbin where they were like, "Oh, you want gay people here? Uh, <laughs> here they are. <laughs> here they are, but they're gonna fuck aliens. <laughs> they're gonna fuck aliens, and they're gonna die." Um, I only watched like a season of Torchwood. It was hard to keep watching. Um, I don't know it why. It was well. It was also like too horny for my little fourteen year old. It self. was. I was like, I'm watching people have sex right now. Yeah, it was pretty graphic. But one of them's gonna explode in a dust. Oh my god! I know. I was literally that thinking of that so scene. horny. That scene. Oh gosh. Yeah. That scarring. was a big, big deal for me. That was a big moment for me. Oh, oh yeah. See, <laughs> you're like that's what's gonna happen to me. Well, I think it might have been the first time. I think that might have been the most graphic thing I had seen up to that mm, point. Yeah. Um, I think but, it was like UK skins for me. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was. It was. I think it was Torchwood. And then very soon after that, it was um, Misfits got really graphic. Oh, I didn't. Mm. I love Misfits, but I stopped watching after Nathan left. I didn't even get that far at all. Okay. I yeah. didn't even figure out what the deal was with the hot version of Simon. But. Oh, uh, gosh. The hot version of Simon stuff. was a, a big part of my uh, sexual awakening for sure. <laughs> I should rewatch Misfits. But anyway, so is that all the Sherlock media you've consumed? I think so. Like maybe, yeah. maybe I watched The Great Mouse Detective as a little kid. <laughs> I don't even know mm. if I did or if I just watched like The Rescuers and I'm like, ah, <laughs> detective mice. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, you've consumed Sherlock media through like osmosis because he's referenced constantly, and there's always like, yeah, you know that one episode where someone pretends to be a detective and they put on a hat and carry a pipe, and so like, yeah, you know who he is as a character. Oh, I've also seen Sherlock Junior. the Buster Keaton movie. Young Sherlock. Sherlock Junior. Okay, because I was watching the beginnings of a movie called Young Sherlock today that came out in 1985, and no, this was a it, silent it, it, comedy. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah, I had I hadn't seen that. Oh, okay. it's very cute. So if um, you had to describe the character of Sherlock Holmes, ooh. like what are his main personality traits as you know them? Um, I'm, I'm thinking about this. He is very clinical. He is not warm. Hmm. Um, he's kind of detached. I feel like I'm just saying synonyms of clinical. 
Um, he's extremely intelligent. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's kind of pretentious and judgmental. He's a he's a tough guy to love. He's a tough guy to be friends with. Um, I mean, let me. I'm, I have to think about specific versions mm-hmm. that I'm familiar with. Uh, so the guy Richie Sherlock is quite manipulative. I would say. Um, Wait, which one is Guy Ritchie? Isn't that the Robert Downey Jr. version? Wasn't that directed by Guy Ritchie? Oh, okay. So the Robert Downey Jr. version. <laughs> Please fact check. <laughs> I don't know director. <laughs> I don't know director names. So that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's very manipulative. Um. Mm. Yeah, and like a little mean. Yeah, kind of mean. Kind of yeah, unkind. Often mm-hmm. so. I don't remember. I mean, you probably know this better than I do. I know that in the BBC series, it mm-hmm. is canon that he has Asperger's. Um, is it? I believe. Did they it say is. that in the show, or did the showrunners just kind of say that later? Um, I think at one point, and maybe I've actually uh, misinterpreted this. Mm. So at one point, John says something about he likes patterns, something, something. It's part of his thing. Mm. Uh, and then someone I knew who I went to high school with who had Asperger's was really ha- like was on Facebook mm. like tonight's episode demonstrated that Sherlock is an Aspie like me mm. um, and so what made me think of that was mostly that Sherlock often first of all likes to demonstrate his cleverness and often does it this happens in both the Robert Downey Jr. movie and in mm-hmm. the BBC program uh, does that at the expense of the people he is analyzing. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Danny Jr. movie, he, you know, d- uh, describes John's fiance Mary, um, mm-hmm. and unveil yeah. reveals that her fiance died. Only he assumes that she left him because he was too poor. Um, yeah. And then in Sherlock, there's that embarrassing scene where he <laughs> Molly the that's her name, right? The science, yeah, the, the lab technician, girl. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's like, oh, wow, your like lipstick matches the wrapping paper on this box, which is an effort to like make whoever it's for be attracted to you. And then it's for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and she calls him on it. She's like, why are mm-hmm. you so unkind? Yeah. So, yeah, I would say those mm-hmm. are, but also he can be very loyal. Like even though mm-hmm. he tends to hurt people often unwittingly, um, or because he has very little awareness, he is you know consistently very loyal to John. Mm-hmm. And in the Beekeeper's Apprentice, uh, which you know introduced like basically it, Watson is a character, but he's he shows up very rarely. Like mm-hmm. Mary is kind of the new Watson. Um, he is also very loyal to her. Interesting that, yeah, because John also married someone named Mary. Yeah, that is weird. Choice. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that is exactly how most people would describe the character. And that's, like, mostly right, mm-hmm. but also not at all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, if you read the books, which I did this year. All um, of them? Almost all of them. I'm in the last um, case book um, where okay. he's retired. And I kind of stopped reading them because I was getting sad that it was going to be over. Oh, yeah. I feel that. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't want to like ha- run out of new content. So I've just been rereading <laughs> the old ones. Um, 
I used to not finish books. I, I have many books <laughs> as a child that I was like 20 pages from the end of. And I wow. just never finished. That I couldn't do. But I cannot finish a TV show. Some of my all-time favorite TV shows, I have never watched the final episode. Just the final episode? I've never finished Orphan Black, which is crazy <laughs> because I was obsessed with that show so much that I've watched season one probably like six times. Damn. You should you should just take the plunge. You should finish it. I know. I never finished Smallville. I used to love that show. <laughs> <laughs> I've but been... anyway. <laughs> hmm. So when I started reading the original books, yeah, I was so pleasantly surprised by how nice Sherlock is. Oh. and polite and conscientious Mm -hmm. like in the first story he meets john and john needs a roommate he needs a roommate and he's like hi nice to meet you like sorry i am kind of like tough to live with like Mm -hmm. sometimes i shut myself up and it could be a little bit messy so just you know let me know if that's a problem and john's like it's okay like i'm really lazy so we're both flawed and it's not like this horrible man like like yeah. in the Robert Downey Jr. movie, he's just like terrible. He's like shooting guns in the wall, mm-hmm. and he just keeps like testing uh, sedatives on their dog. Yeah, well, that actually does happen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, no, it doesn't happen all the time. But there is one. Um, actually, that's the first story. The study in Scarlet. Mm-hmm. He tests a poison pill on a dog, but only because. He says, oh, John, weren't you supposed to put that dog down yesterday because it was dying? And John's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Well, (laughs) (laughs) so he tests it on the dog and then the dog doesn't die. And he's like, oh, man, I was wrong. And then the dog does die. He's like, yes. Wow. That sounds uh, not warm. That sounds very clinical. (laughs) Well, yes, he is. No, you're very much right. He's clinical. He is focus on his work above all else Mm -hmm. like that is his main priority yeah but the scene in that guy Ritchie movie Mm -hmm. where he meets john's wife and he immediately is just being extremely insensitive to her would not happen in the books because he has some social intelligence he doesn't prioritize it he doesn't use it a lot but, but he's capable of using it. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you know, like, the scene in, like, BBC Sherlock where he meets John and he figures out from his phone alone a lot of things about Afghanistan him. Afghanistan or Iraq. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he does that exact thing to John in the books, only with his watch. Okay. And he guesses that John's brother was an alcoholic who'd fallen on hard times based on the fact that the watch had been pawned several times and he could see the markings on the back and John stands up and gets really offended because he assumes that Sherlock secretly researched his life Uh just to mess with him and Sherlock apologizes and says sorry I got carried away I should have been more sensitive which like so that's like recycled into the yeah 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 but like in the show he's just like "Mm." Sorry, I'm rude. Deal with yeah. it. He's very callous in the show. Yeah. It seems like he's particularly callous in the show. I think that people can't resist amplifying that aspect when they adapt him. I have yet to see an adaptation where they don't amplify his rudeness to some extent. Yeah. Obviously, I haven't watched them all. There's been more adaptations of Sherlock Holmes than 
probably anything else. Stars in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll put Sherlock Holmes references in everything. It's true. Well, I think because there's also, the, like, they like the like, kind of Victorian aesthetic of it. Yeah. But um, they often adapt it in modern times. They do. It's or true. whatever but times it is. I feel like there's still sort of, even in Sherlock, there's kind of a Victorian aesthetic to, like, his house to do 21B. Yeah, yeah. His house is wonderful. Yeah. I think people just like, like, a London townhouse. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I just watched, there's this show called Miss Sherlock. Whoa. Um, that's set in modern times and mm-hmm. let me get this right I think it was set in Tokyo and okay. I just watched the pilot and yes set in Tokyo and <laughs> the woman playing Sherlock is immediately introduced <laughs> while doing an autopsy on <laughs> this woman's husband and the woman comes in and starts sobbing at the sight mm-hmm. of her husband and Miss Sherlock is just like I need to ask you questions about your husband. And everyone's like, oh, she's so rude. Like, so insensitive. Which, like, Sherlock would never do that. You know? Like, he has... He's intelligent. Like, he knows... And it's not even out of politeness. It's out of him wanting to get good information. And him being savvy enough to know when's the right time to interview someone to get the best information out of them. So that sort of thing really bothers me. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of weird things in that robert downey jr movie that are just weird like like they made sherlock really violent and yes it is canon that he is a boxer and he's Mm -hmm. very strong but Mm -hmm. that comes up twice in all the books (laughs) that i've read you never see him boxing because it's not interesting to the story I mean, I feel like that was very much, they were just, like, sexy action Sherlock. (sighs) Yeah, but I think that you could make sexy Sherlock and -hmm. not change anything about his character. Because he is a very impressive person just on the basis of being extremely confident and gifted at his craft. And Mm -hmm. that, I just wish that someone would just, like, let that be enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of having to add a bunch of shirtless scenes i feel like the cumberbatch version doesn't really sex him up that much and people That's are true. still like so horny but for cumberbatch the, Cumber- <laughs> <laughs> the cumberbatch version everyone in the show is attracted to him that is true <laughs> <laughs> so even if we that? as a general audience aren't being spoon-fed like sexy boxing scenes we're being told that he's attractive yeah to other people Mm -hmm. and that's another thing that what i was going to say about the blank check episode that made me think okay they were talking about the great mouse detective and they were explaining the plot and they're like yeah so there's the sherlock mouse the watson mouse and then of course there has to be like a hot babe like intriguing woman character like in a sherlock Holmes story which is not true there's almost never an intriguing woman there's almost never romance, and it's weird that that is such a staple of all Sherlock stories when it's so absent from the original stories. I think maybe it human like if you're gonna do clinical Sherlock, you gotta humanize him. You gotta I think you can humanize him a, through a his friendship with John and through yeah. his kindness to the people he helps. 
Right, but it's like if he's not, if you're not doing if you're choosing not to include that mm. kindness, it's like what else can you do? Right. Just well, that's Irene so lazy to slap on a love your... interest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And Irene Adler wasn't even a love interest. Really? Was, <laughs> not really. She what? was just she was just kind of an antagonist. Right. She's and... the only woman who ever bested him. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it wasn't really that dramatic. It was just she realized he was wearing a disguise, and oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, she guessed, and yeah. yeah. So that story, I I like that story. It's like some fancy king comes to Sherlock for help, and he's like, "Oh, my ex has photos of me, and if it gets out, I won't be able to marry this duchess or whatever." So Sherlock goes to her house and pretends to be a homeless guy and gets in a fight, gets invited inside. And then has someone start a fire so that he can see where her head turns to see where she might hide something important. Oh, that's in the BBC version. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Only so they make her be priest. naked in it. And yeah. he's a priest. Yeah. And then when he comes back, she's moved it. And then she sends him a little letter to say, ha ha, I win. Ha 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 ha. That's it. And mm-hmm. she's never seen again. <laughs> She's mentioned once or twice. Yeah. But I just think that you could, it would be nice if they made a story where they, you know, leaned into the fact that Sherlock isn't interested in women because that's an essential part. Of, no, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that you could say either he's gay or he's asexual or yeah. he's straight, but just not interested because that's still interesting there aren't a lot of characters like that mm-hmm. in media and it's a shame to just like get rid of that aspect of him yeah well i feel like i remember on tumblr a lot of people were like oh he's asexual but he's mm-hmm. uh romantic." yeah sure and that's yeah that I could mean, be interesting you, too in the text is mm-hmm. there does it feel mm-hmm. like there is a romantic the affection between him and John is of a romantic nature in the Conan Doyle stories. It's, I think if you wanted to read into it that way, you could, mm-hmm. but in that universe, if there's romance, it's usually spelled out for you. Okay. And the, I think, <laughs> I mean, I don't know anything about the author's intentions, but, oh, sorry. Can you hear sirens? I can. Yes. It's a constant, um, aspect of my life i understand mine as well <laughs> that's Austin the city maybe yeah um what was i saying uh you were saying uh usually in the stories uh romance is very explicitly. oh yeah okay so in this the second Sherlock Holmes story uh the sign of the four mm-hmm. um you, there's a huge time skip and we find out that they've been living together for years and years but we don't get to see any of that. And then that is the mystery where Mary Morrison comes and asks Sherlock for help. And then John ends up falling in love with her. And oh, it's actually so really sweet. Sherlock knows her first. Yeah. Well, they meet her at the same time. And she comes to them and tells them her little mystery that she needs to solve. When she leaves, John is like, oh, what a remarkable woman. And <laughs> Sherlock's like, hm, I didn't notice. And, <laughs> and it's like a, like a funny little moment and then later john marries her and goes to live with her and they have a very nice relationship where she's very supportive of his love of 
helping Sherlock. And right. he often will just leave town and she's like, have fun, which I like. So That's cool. It's hard to, you know, see. It's hard to ship them in the books because he's happily married and right. you're kind of like, but there are definitely cute little moments where Sherlock shows that he really cares about John, even mm-hmm. though he doesn't usually do yeah. that sort of thing. Like, like what? In, in the Cornish horror story mm-hmm. where <laughs> Sherlock suspects that there's some sort of poison gas that's being used on people. And so mm-hmm. he tests it out on him and John. Mm-hmm. And then they both start to feel really faint and dizzy and they're about to pass out and die. But then John like snaps out of it and like tackles Sherlock out of the room. Mm-hmm. And Sherlock's like, wow, that was really stupid. Um, and then he says something really nice about how he like values him as a person. And John's <laughs> like, wow, you've never said anything like that before. And that's, that's like cute. it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like really throwing him a bone, but it was nice. Yeah. But yeah, there's I mean, no, yeah. Sometimes people don't. I mean, Sherlock's love language is not words of affirmation. <sighs> yeah, it's probably quality time. <laughs> What's John's because love language? I think also quality time, but he he does like words of affirmation because mm-hmm. he writes all these you know oh, he's flattering like, stories yeah. about Sherlock, and then Sherlock's kind of like, Ugh, that's not what really happened, John. Uh huh. You make it so dramatic when really it was quite <laughs> simple. That sounds familiar. Yeah. But so the whole reason that John writes the stories is because mm-hmm. he wants to show Sherlock's methods. And usually he'll have a little oh. preamble at the beginning of each story. He'll kind of talk about why he wants to tell about this particular case. Mm-hmm. And he'll say something like, Ah, uh, there was this case, but that didn't really demonstrate Sherlock's <laughs> unique abilities. So I'll skip over that one and I'll tell you about this one. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's something that adaptations really miss as well. Is, is this should be a story about a mystery and how to solve it. Instead of being like a character study of Sherlock. Well, I'm fine with that too. But if you're going to do that, get the character right. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're not going to do that, why are you telling the story and why is it not a mystery? Like it is the a, There are mysteries, I feel like. Well, so in the Robert Downey Jr. movie, do you think watching that on the first run, you mm-hmm. could have taken in the clues that were given to you and figure out? Of course not. <laughs> of course not. Yeah. The whole movie, exactly. they're like, it's magic. And then at the end, he's like, no, it was a potion. <laughs> yeah. That infuriated me there's no magic in sherlock holmes stories there isn't even the hound of the baskervilles the hound of the baskervilles is the only story where that's even a consideration and Mm. obviously of course it turns out to just be a big dog with some (laughs) paint on its face but like it's not like in the danny jr movie he's like oh it's magic He's, like, trying to prove that it's not magic. The whole thing is him being like, ah, chemicals. Right, but we're not given enough information to figure it out on our own. There's that scene where he's running through the lab and he's poking around. And Uh you get to see him thinking and noticing things. But there's no possible way that you can watch that scene where he looks at a dead frog and figure out 
that yeah. that's how that like guy got killed in the bathtub later right oh yeah you also told me when i texted you and i was like should i watch this movie mm. you told me that that dude got boiled alive but he didn't he got poisoned in the bathtub yeah it looked like the bathtub water was boiling but he in his explanation he's like oh you'd poisoned him oh maybe i should rewatch that because that's uh, see that made I me very was, nervous because I no, like No, maybe you might be right because I was like blacking out with anger in the final scene where he confronts <laughs> the big evil villain on the top of that dramatic spire and he does the thing that people do in detective stories where the detective explains Here's what how happened. they figured it out and kind of brags about how they figured it out, which yeah. Sherlock doesn't really do in the books. Mm-hmm. He just catches the criminal and then John will later ask him, hey, how did you figure that out? And he'll tell oh. him quietly in the car ride home. <laughs> <laughs> Which is my favorite part. Because he's not there to, you know, he he likes to show off. Yeah. But he's not trying to look cool. Mm-hmm. He likes when people think well, he's cool. He has a he has an audience of one. Like, he's he's got a yeah. built-in audience. Yeah. But there are so many times in the books where Sherlock will do something that no filmmaker would ever depict because it would make him look bad. Like what? Like there's this one story. It's honestly probably one of my favorites where (laughs) he's trying to track down this goose that (laughs) 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 it's like a Christmas story. It's really great. You should just read it because there's so many little twists and turns. But okay. He needs to figure out where this goose came from, and he can tell that the guy who has the information is not going to give him that information easily. So he makes a bet with him and says, I bet this goose is from here. And the guy's like, leave me alone. Like, I don't care. And Sherlock's like, no, no, no. I'm certain. I know my geese. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, oh, yeah? All right, I'll, I'll bet you $5. And then Sherlock loses the bet. And he looks all embarrassed and the guy, he's like a laughing stock in the bar and he just walks out. And then he like chuckles to himself. He's like, ah, now I know where the goose is. But he, he looks like a total idiot to everyone else around him. Right. Including John, who always falls for it. And it's like, oh, hmm. that was embarrassing. <laughs> Does that and happen there's, a lot? There's, a, there's another story where Sherlock is recovering from an illness and he uses that to trick people into thinking that he's really losing it mm-hmm. um so he collapses and he pretends to forget a date and john's getting really worried about him he's like oh my gosh i've never seen him forget something like that but he forgot the date so that his suspect would write it out for him so he could get his handwriting sample Ooh. and he doesn't really bother he doesn't seem concerned with the impression he's making on the police officers who were really like oh this Sherlock Holmes isn't as great as we thought he seems to be kind of a disappointment well he's just delaying gratification yeah but you get the sense that he is more concerned about solving the case than Mm -hmm. looking cool yeah well it's cute sometimes because he does enjoy when people are impressed by him and mm-hmm. especially John is always impressed. He always right. says something like, <laughs> extraordinary. How did you know that? <laughs> and Sherlock is always like, oh, well, he must know. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, 
you definitely yeah or they have like a little like running joke where sherlock will meet someone new and say something like oh you must be a naval officer from this regiment and you must have done this and the person will be like how did you know that and then sherlock will explain why all the things he deduced and the person will be like oh i thought you did something clever never mind and then he'll (laughs) look at john and kind of smile and be like i guess i shouldn't have explained it it's like showing it's like explaining the magic trick yeah yeah so he kind of you know he kind of makes fun of himself and yeah i don't know i feel like that kind of character is too subtle for some people and they just don't want to you know have that for some reason right i don't know i well, mean obviously he wasn't too subtle you know his the books are such a phenomenon like yeah but nobody's read them I mean, obviously, million, millions and millions of people have read yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> but you haven't. You only read The Beekeeper's Apprentice. <laughs> I did. And and some others. Oh, I forgot. There was one other um, Sherlock uh, in culture example. Oh, what was it? I watched The Elementary Pilot. Oh, I was going to watch that in preparation for this. What did you think? Uh, I don't remember because mm. it was, again, I was like 15. Yeah. And I think I spent the whole thing being like, this is not as good as BBC. Yeah, sure. yeah, 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 yeah. There was a lot of that and I going also, on. I also feel like a lot of the novelty, a lot of what was cool for people about that was that it was Lucy Liu as mm. Watson. And I had no context for who Lucy Liu was. At I time. still don't really. You ever seen uh, Kill Bill? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I watched that a couple of years ago and it was uh, great but she is i did not retain she is in it yeah okay is that what she's most uh, famous for i i feel like there i think it was i think she was a charlie's angel too oh okay oh yeah we um, still need to watch charlie's angels together oh yeah i can't we, believe you never saw the 2000s version i think you'll uh, like you know it. there are so many things i've never seen that's true but you've uh, seen so many things that i'm always surprised when you haven't seen something well, thank, thank you, I think. <laughs> You're um, but even the other, it's funny because my biggest association with Lucy Liu right now is uh, my favorite Netflix rom-com, Set It Up. I've never heard where of it. It's great. It's, is it better than Two Old Boys I've Loved Before? <gasps> I, it is might anything? be anything. <laughs> <laughs> I really like Set It Up. Set It Up is, is it a uh, movie? Glenn Powell. It's a movie. It's Glenn Powell and Zoe Deutsch as uh, overworked uh, personal assistants mm. to executives or like like an editor and a whatever to big important people uh-huh. in the same uh, building. Okay, I love uh, this setup already. It's great, and they realize that they um, if they set up their bosses oh. uh, who are Lucy Liu and Tay Diggs, if they. Ooh. Uh, got them to hook up, then they would have more free time mm-hmm. because their bosses they have to stay in the office until their bosses go home. I see. And their their bosses are workaholics, so it's like them setting up their bosses who are both like really terrible mm-hmm. people, uh, and also falling in love. Obviously, do the two um, assistants also fall in love? Of course they do. Oh, I might watch this, but it's it's all sneaky because. Uh, the guy has a girlfriend the whole time, so they become <sighs> friends first. I see. Okay, that's the and best they've got way. really good friend chemistry. Yeah, d- it's just like very good banter, very good friend <sighs> chemistry. Good little mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, um, well, it's better that way, and I think that's probably why so many people ship Sherlock and John because they have great friendship chemistry. 
They do. It's true. Yeah, I mean, friend chemistry. It's everything. I'm trying to think of other other great friend chemistry Broad series. I mean, us, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> Debatable. Broad City. Uh, well, I was thinking more of, like, when p- characters are such good friends mm-hmm. that people are, like, like shipping them. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, you're a little young for me, so I don't think anyone would ship us. Um... <laughs> right obviously um wait that gave up when you said that i had a thought Mm. and now i've lost the thought what was the thought oh i know what it was it was that we actually are even uh abby and alana are have a wider age gap than you and i do really i thought they met in college no they met when alana was in college (gasps) um i just showed my roommate Abby is older. Mm. I just showed my roommates some episodes from season one. I was like showing him Broad City. Uh-huh. And in season one, this was very surreal. Uh-huh. Ilana is, I think she's 23. <gasps> or maybe she's 22. Maybe they are two years apart. But Abby, I think, was 25. And Ilana was 22 or 23. And like that was in very the surreal. show or in real yes. life? No, they're characters. Oh. Wow. When the show concludes, Abby is 30. Because the season five right. oh, yeah, <laughs> is Abby's 30th birthday. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so I saw <laughs> Elementary oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. with Lucy Liu. Um, oh, I actually did have a question for you, though, yeah. which is, have you seen Monk? Uh, I feel like I've seen an episode or two. He's kind okay. of a savant kind of guy. Yeah, he's upset. He has comp- uh, OCD. Yeah. Um, and that's like how he solves the mysteries uh-huh. is he notices uh-huh. extremely small details. I was curious if you thought sort of there was how direct the parallel felt between mm. Monk and Sherlock Holmes, and also whether or not that's just like the nature of mystery solving media. Yeah. That there is sort of inevitably the sort of brilliant detective mm-hmm. their nice sidekick and the like besotted police chief trying to solve mysteries see now i'm thinking about psych i so that's the yeah. thing is that i feel like that's psych also but yeah. also psych and monk psych is just like they were always marketed back to back on usa um that's funny because i watch psych all the time but i never watched monk <laughs> And I watched Psych a little bit, and then Monk ended, and I was in mourning. And I was like, well, I guess all I have now is Psych, which to me is like a lesser version of Monk. Yeah, but they had a, they had a really good romantic tension going on. In Sean Psych. and Gus? I feel like no, Sean and Gus had Sean like... Sean and, and Juliet. Oh my god, I did not care about Juliet. Oh. I remember, I remember the episode where they finally get together, where Sean is like... Juliet, I have a moped, and I always ride it around, and I was always happy with having a moped, but when I met you, I bought a car, and then they kiss. <laughs> I was Is like, that's that how they got together? Oh, boy. I mean, I think that's, like, when they, like, start dating. I don't, maybe they yeah. kiss before them, but just, like, okay, well, I have the same. It's not going to be good when they get together. It's almost never good when they get together in any it's show. Ne- it fe- I feel the same way about Jake and Amy on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Ooh. There's just this weird sort of, like, I don't know if it's, like, a... a cop show thing that there's no. always like the kind of uptight prissy lady cop mm-hmm. and the cool the funny back, guy. goofy yeah. fun guy who's really immature but good at his job but good at his job Somehow. and then they get together and then i don't care 
Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's uh. a big problem. That's probably why I never finish anything. Because <laughs> you just hate that trope. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, for a long time, I thought that I would never be happy in love because I always lost interest in love stories once they got together. But in real oh. life, it actually gets more fun once you're together. But no one's good at depicting that. Right. But well, that's yeah. That's can really. That's get in why your head. I was always. What it can really get in your head as a child. Yeah. It does. Yeah, there's never... I mean, I think there's exceptions. Like, I do think that Jim and Pam are a fun couple. I like watching them be a couple. Sure, but I stopped watching after they got together, too. Oh, I (laughs) didn't. But I think that's sort of why I was very skeptical that To All the Boys was going to have two sequels. Because I was like, what are you... What are they going to be about? The dramatic tension is, are they going to get together? So the only way to sustain sequels is to have them... Is to, like, make a problem. Uh Uh-huh. Which yeah. is what I have not seen either sequel, but I know that that is each sequel is like, oh, her other love interest is uh-huh. here. Or like, oh, she should move to New York and not go to college. Did you watch Peter. them both? No, I've just seen the ads. Yeah, I tried I to watch the second one and I got bored. Yeah, it, yeah, it just like, it's the same, honestly, with... um. Bridget Jones Diary. I never wanted to watch the sequels because I was like, I just want I want her and Mark Darcy to be together. I never like, watched I those. You never watched even the first one? Were they movies? Yeah, no, Bridget I Jones Diary. Them. Oh, that movie rules. You should watch okay. it. And read the book. Oh, there's a um, book. Oh, that makes sense. There's a book and there are sequel books. Like, Edge of Reason is based on the book Edge of Reason. I just don't I don't want I want the happily ever after and then I want case closed yeah or I want them to stop the only way it works is if those people stop being sort of the main point of tension yeah if they're just like a steady couple and then you're worried about someone else for a while even that That then I don't want to watch (laughs) because that being said the parents on my so-called life I never get tired of watching them be in an ongoing relationship with each other. Is that a sitcom? My So-Called Life is, uh, it was a 90s television program starring a very young Claire Danes and uh, Jared Leto as her love interest. It Jared ran for Leto? 19 episodes. Yes. As Jordan Hold Catalano. Hold the phone. What's, it's great. What's it's the show called you should watch it. My So-Called Life. My So-Called Life. Um... I watched it for the first time. I know about the show, as does everyone in my high school, because inexplicably our sex ed teacher was this like middle-aged, uh, like old man gym teacher. Um, like all gym teachers. Who, like, like all gym teachers, ideally not like all sex ed teachers, okay. um, who would teach us things uh about sex ed uh, using a lot of 90s television and television references. Good for him. He worked um, with what he had. He did work with what he had. So I, the fr- like everyone has seen a particular episode of My So-Called Life who went to my high school because of this dude. We've also seen a particular episode of Felicity. <laughs> um, and we all know that in Seinfeld... Uh, when sponges got discontinued, Elaine bought up all the sponges, and every time she wanted to sleep with a man, she would fill out a little survey to see if he was worth using a sponge on. What do, what does a sponge symbolize in Seinfeld? Uh, like a thermos. Uh, jeez. Uh, 
a spermicidal sponge. Oh, Ew. was that something he taught you was a good thing to use? Well, no, it like wasn't a thing anymore. Okay. He just, they mention it in my so-called life. Um, and I guess then he was like, so sponge it. This is the deal. It's or like, you know, this is contraception. Uh-huh. Uh, this was once contraception, but no longer. Wow. See, I never learned that. Uh, you know, you got a better you. education. Uh, sex ed teacher who, whose name I'm not gonna <laughs> say. That's fair. I'm sure um, anyway. he would figure it out. Yeah, I'm sure he'll listen. <laughs> <laughs> but so my so called life is an incredible show. Mm. Um, also written by created by Winnie Holdsman, who's known for writing uh the book to Wicked, oh. like the script, not the book book. Okay. Um, but so in my so called life, as much attention is paid to Angela's parents mm-hmm. as is paid to Angela. And Angela's parents, first of all, are both really attractive and they have really good chemistry and they are the sexiest she- scenes on the show occur between Angela's parents. Interesting. Um they like have like s- steamy sex scenes on this show. Or not really steamy, but like pretty steamy. <laughs> um was this another one of your little moments? No, I <laughs> I started watching this show uh like this month or last month. Oh, okay. Um, but the the thing that I love about this show is that their parent, her parents are really well written. They're really well acted. And even though the like you know their relationship is a rock on the show, it's mm. still every scene between them is interesting mm. and cool to watch. I think in large part because even though they have problems, they're really good communicators and they're really well intentioned and they're really sincere. And so it's like watching you know problem solution problem solution like i feel like that's so rare it is it's it's really refreshing also ted lasso does a really good job of that um is that an actor that is what who is that that is a show that came out on apple tv plus last year (laughs) starring jason sudeikis um you think i'm watching stuff on apple tv plus Dude, I <laughs> underestimated Apple TV+. Plus. Okay. Ted Lasso is my favorite show of the year. <laughs> I don't think it's possible to overestimate it. Do you pay for that it? That is true. Um, You get it free for a year when you oh. buy an Apple product. So oh. like, I replaced my phone last summer. I see. But then it's like not that much money. Mm-hmm. It's like a few bucks a month because their catalog is really small. I see. Because it's all original. I can't judge. I just started paying for HBO just because the nanny is on it. I did see that the nanny was on it, and I was like, ah, oh, I wonder if Tessa Did knows. I tell you how long I've been trying to find where to watch the nanny? You didn't, but... Uh, I've been trying I all year, <laughs> and she, like, <laughs> she was nowhere. There's no platform that had the Couldn't nanny. Couldn't find Fran. I, <laughs> there's a great episode, episode called Where's Fran? Um, Why would they not call it Can't Find Fran Fine? <laughs> I mean, there are so many episodes. There's probably another one where that happens. But that's why I didn't finish Riverdale is because I found out the nanny was on HBO and I immediately <laughs> bought a subscription and I'm now on season four. I mean, I'm really happy for I'm you. So Have happy. you seen all of the nanny? Um, I only ever watched it live or on mm-hmm. like TiVo. So I probably haven't. <laughs> cool. Whatever. <laughs> Did you not TiVo things? Uh, I DVR'd things. Oh, see, this is our two-year age difference really showing. 
What what is the difference? TiVo was the first product ever to have this feature. Was that the one that was like doo 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 doo? I don't know, but I remember my sister begging my parents to let us have TiVo, and they finally did, and we got to record all our favorite Friday night shows. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's kind of the same. Is TiVo like a brand? Like yeah, it's just like a a device that you hook up and it. You can schedule it to record whatever thing you want, and then you can play it back and save it. But right. yeah, we used to watch The Nanny, and they would kind of show the episodes out of order, so right. I definitely didn't catch them all. But that, I think, okay. is a great example of great, great romantic chemistry, and they do right. such a great job not letting them get together mm-hmm. and just letting that just have them have the will they won't they for like four seasons and then they get together and then then they they get married and then the show continues to be great wow yeah it's so wonderful Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah. let's just you know i think that's that's the solution is just healthy couples Mm -hmm. facing problems by communicating about them because so many bullshit problems mm-hmm. in tv shows where they're like oh now it's boring because we let rachel and ross get together uh-huh. are caused because they're not communicating with each other yeah because writers like, don't know how to write relationships i mean i as someone who has tried to write relationships i can attest to that it's hard yeah um but like fucking you know how you solved that they were on a break problem? <laughs> Talk to each other. <laughs> Talk to each other. Say, let's take a break for X amount of time and we don't have to be monogamous. Ooh. Unless, or we do. Yeah. But don't, you can't get mad when you haven't set a boundary. Get mad. I mean, you can't. You can I, still be hurt is, and then they could have talked about still be that. Hurt. Talk but... about it. Yeah, this actually yeah. segues nicely into my third <laughs> point, which about Sherlock yes, Holmes, <laughs> which is the topic. Uh, <laughs> we can also later in an, on another day talk about the best way to portray relationships, which I think is very interesting. I do as well. Um, but my third thing I kind of wanted to talk about is how mm. I would adapt a Sherlock Holmes story if I was given Ooh. the power. Okay. Yeah, and I'd love to know if you have any any ideas, but I I don't know the source material. Well, that's okay because the thing is, I this is my own problem is that I always want adaptations of books to be faithful to the letter, and they never mm-hmm. are because it would be a really bad movie if they were. It would. <laughs> and sometimes people just want to make a good movie, and yeah. that's fine. But I like to make things that are, well, not that I'm a producer, but if I was, uh-huh. I feel like if you're going to adapt something, try to c- try to be faithful to the characters at least. Yeah. And the overall point of why these stories exist. Uh, cough 2020 Rebecca on Netflix. What's that? The ne- the new Netflix adaptation of Rebecca starring Lily James and Army Hammer. Yeah. Oh, is Rebecca a book? Should I know this? Oh yeah, you'd love Rebecca. You should read okay. it. Okay, it rules. Okay, it's a early twentieth century novel. Um, but that movie literally, there's like 
this stupid epilogue <laughs> that negates the entire it's not in the book it negates the entire point of uh-huh. adapting rebecca yeah so. well the thing is you can adapt something and make it your own like the little mermaid yeah. has the same thing where they totally change the ending to make it happy and so she just doesn't turn into sea she foam. doesn't collapse into sea foam to express her gay angst and what? you know what? is there a queer reading of the little mermaid there's only know. a queer reading of the little mermaid is it that uh <laughs> gay people dress like me <laughs> <laughs> no that's the bi reading <laughs> okay that is credit where credit is due that's from blank check <laughs> no um i won't get into it but you can read up on it um okay but like i i understand you have to adapt it in a way that makes sense for you and often you know you can adapt it so hard that it becomes great on its own as its own thing but if Mm -hmm. you're gonna do that just do that make your own story like there's currently this new show on netflix called the irregulars um Mm -hmm. which is about the baker street irregulars which were a bunch of street urchins who sherlock occasionally hired to do detective work for him uh-huh. Um, and in the books, they're just a bunch of street boys who he sends on errands and say, hey, this is going to be a pretty menial task, so I'm going to give you some money. I want you to look through the trash bins of every hotel on this block and report back uh-huh. and stuff like that. And this <laughs> It's like being an archival researcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he employs them because they blend in and they can kind of stand around anywhere and listen in on any conversation and not get noticed. Right. Um, and he's, you know, he's just pays them and he has a little rapport with them but this tv show which i've watched two episodes of seems like a fine tv show um but the main characters are these street people and they're played by teenagers or probably by adults but they're supposed to be teenagers (laughs) and it's super dramatic there's all these supernatural elements and i'm two episodes in we haven't even met sherlock but (laughs) we've met watson and watson is a terrifying sinister man who's employing them against their will to do his bidding because he knows they're desperate for money and yeah so what i'm saying is that is so unfaithful to the original that why don't you just make your own show about the thing you want to make your show about you know what i mean yeah and have people just be like oh interesting this feels like it was influenced by sherlock yeah like it's set in victorian london and mm-hmm. it's about detective work, but you could have. Well, then it's just Peaky Blinders. Yeah, which I should right? watch. That. Is that about detectives? I haven't watched it. <laughs> Me neither. It's <laughs> uh, probably. It seems like. It's, I don't it's think detective-y. that's what it's about. <laughs> okay, but it's definitely um, set in England. Yep. And I know that the main guy in it was in a movie with Harry Styles. Uh, was it Dunkirk? Yeah, that the movie, yes. Yes. Oh, maybe I'm lying. Maybe he's not in it. But Killian Murphy? No. Oh, yeah, Killian were... Murphy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, I mean, what's funny is that when you said, when you gave me the premise mm-hmm. of the show, I was like, oh, that's so cool that they would make this neat little spinoff about, like, another character yeah. in the universe. But that is unfortunate that they chose to do it in that way. No, I mean, Wait, so how it would... seems like a cool show. It's just not about Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. And it's not really faithful at all to Sherlock Holmes as a person because he was kind of a nice guy. Right. 
and it's like kind of trying to be about Sherlock Holmes, but it's like not. It's kind of not going all yeah, the way. Yeah, well, they want to bank on the viewers having name recognition and saying like, "Oh, I like Sherlock Holmes. I'll watch this." I guess that is kind of why you would do a departure like you want to tell the story mm-hmm. you want to tell but you also do want to draw an audience so that yeah. is why you everybody wants say, to have oh, their own spin mysteries yeah. and no one wants to do well, a line by audience. line adaptation because they want to put their own mark on it right which i get which is, is why i'm proposing my adaptation which mm-hmm. is an exact as close <laughs> to possible adaptation same setting same plot line same characters Except mm-hmm. every single character is played by a woman. Every single And it's character. just not explained. It's like colorblind <laughs> casting except with gender. And uh-huh. sh- by a cis woman or just a non cis man? Yeah. Just or well my other idea is to just swap every gender. But Okay. <laughs> but would you in the version you just proposed, is every character played by a cis woman or just a person who isn't a cis man? Um, I'll do option two. Okay, so there are, like, trans and non-binary actors yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't limit it, but I just think it would be yeah. interesting to just do that just for fun. Um, yeah. Because that would be the only thing I would change, and I think it would be... It's just, I. it's what I would watch. And mm-hmm. I would have them have romantic chemistry and get together at the end. Oh, my God, of course. Well, that's not faithful to the text. Well, that's just my one idea. And then... Okay. <laughs> well, see, when I, I listen to them on tape, and when I'm listening to them, I'm often, like, picturing the characters, and I'm just thinking... I often try to picture how I would adapt it into a movie. Um, yeah. And it would be extremely difficult, because... And I love this about these stories, but... Uh-huh. It is really funny how most of the time, half of the story is told through Sherlock going out for a few hours and coming back, and John's like, mm-hmm. so what happened? <laughs> and Sherlock's like, well... Fully violating show, don't tell. Yeah, it's like, it's a lot of telling, but Sherlock will tell the story in great detail, or great. a client will come in and explain okay, so my dad's been acting really weird. I'll start it this day, and here's what happened. I got a letter on the 14th. And they'll go into so much detail that you'll you'll feel like you're reading a first-person narrative. Mm-hmm. And then you'll go back, okay. and John's like, oh, so what happened next? <laughs> um, which Wait, so that's one adaptation idea. Yeah, and so the this format makes me think that this would be the perfect type of show to adapt in the YouTube vlog retelling style. Oh, God. You mean, like, the Lizzie Bennet Diaries? Okay, don't be a hater. Yeah, like, the Lizzie Bennet <laughs> Diaries. <laughs> I'm not saying it would be Sorry. perfect. Okay, did you not watch Carmilla? I don't know what that is. Oh, gosh. It's tragic. Um, Do you know what Carmilla is? Nope. It's, like, the OG vampire story ever written that we know of. Ooh. And, yeah, it's about, like, this, like, vampire named Carmilla who kills and eats young girls. And they made a web show out of it where they're college roommates and they're gay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Like, in the Lizzie Bennet diary style, where, uh-huh. like, the reason that we get to see it is because someone is vlogging about it. 
Right. Um, and of course, there's the convenient, oh, we left the camera on and this drama unfolded. And yeah. I think since Sherlock Holmes is now, I'm pretty sure, in the public domain, there's nothing stopping anyone from doing that. And Ooh. you don't need a budget. You could be Sherlock Holmes. Anyone can do it. Yeah. You, Tess, could I do could. it. I could. I would rather play John, I think. Interesting. Why? Um, Because I... <laughs> I wouldn't want to lay bare my own egocentrism like so clearly as a character, you know. Like, I'm we're all- running a podcast where we just ramble oh, about yeah. things we like, and that's like I said, I don't want to use my real name on this. <laughs> oh, right, well, you haven't. I mean, I neither of us has said our surname. Yeah, on like who's gonna internet stalk us? Yeah, yeah. Well, like whatever. If they do, they do. But anyway. I feel I mean, like I wouldn't want to play so. Sherlock because I have a bit of an ego and he is a bit of an ego and mm-hmm. it would feels too close to home. It would just be I'd be casting myself as the coolest, smartest, most intelligent, most talented person. And that checks out. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I think you should be Sherlock. I'll be John. Oh my god! Because I love hyping you up. He's so good at hyping people up. Y- I mean, you are also yeah. really good at hyping people. Exactly, up. and that's a quality that I'm not, you know, ashamed of. Yeah, D- talk about words of affirmation, dude. Yeah, you just affirm me constantly. <laughs> you're so good at that. Great job. Aww, now you're affirming me. I know. Yeah. For other things as well, you do a good job at everything. Oh. Thank you. All things. <laughs> um. Anyway. Anyway, I also <laughs> the other idea, not even idea, just a thing I want someone to do for Sherlock Holmes adaptation uh-huh. is uh-huh. just adapt the stories that are more boring, because yeah, no one is brave enough to do that. They all mm-hmm. want to do the Moriarty. The Reichenbach Falls. Yeah. They want to make, like, Sherlock this epic hero and the villain this crazy, obsessive, like, yeah. world-shattering villain who is also obsessed with Sherlock and wants mm-hmm. to kill everyone. And right. I think the best Sherlock Holmes stories are when someone comes to him with a very unique problem that's not even life-threatening, mm-hmm. just something odd. Mm-hmm. Um. And then he goes and helps them. And then at the end, they're like, well, that yeah. was interesting. And <laughs> it doesn't even make the news. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. there's this one really great one where this woman comes to them and she's like, hey, like, this is kind of a weird problem, but I don't know if I should take this governess job. And Sherlock's mm-hmm. like, well, why not? And she said, well, the guy who hired me wants me to cut my hair and insists that I wear this vibrant blue dress and he'll pay me triple the rate that sounds like he just wants her to dress up like his dead wife his wife that sounds like some vertigo his wife shit. is alive and okay. so sherlock is like you know i if i had a sister i wouldn't want her to take this job um uh-huh. but if you really need the money i think you should take it and just send me a telegram if things get weird and then she sends him a telegram and then he goes to visit her with john and they find out like that they locked their daughter in the basement or something like that. And her suitor, like, was told, oh, she doesn't love you anymore. And so they hired this governess to sit by the window and pretend to be her. 
so that he oh would think God. she was all right and yeah so and then that's some psycho shit yeah wow, wow. <laughs> and do it's you think just, alfred hitchcock likes sherlock Holmes? yeah like but also <laughs> like it's just funny like and it's a self-contained story and it doesn't have to mm-hmm. be this epic and it could still be really interesting and fun and no one yeah. ever does that mm-hmm. at least you know i didn't watch all of them but i tried right probably probably no one yeah and probably if someone made that show, it wouldn't be popular. <laughs> probably, but you'd watch but it. But Parks and Rec is popular. Nothing happens on that show. That's true. Yeah, also Seinfeld. Exactly. <laughs> I think Sherlock would actually make a great like multicam sitcom. That I would be very curious to I see. I would absolutely watch that. I would as well. Would it be modern day or would it be uh, not modern day? I think it has to be Victorian setting because... Another thing I love about the stories is how often Sherlock uses advanced technology to oh. figure things out. Like uh-huh. he's he's still excited about the invention of the telegram. And <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. At one point he tricks some villains into thinking he's playing his violin in the other room, but he's actually mm-hmm. playing a recording of a violin and Whoa. That's such a foreign concept that they don't The modern gramophone. Yeah, he's like, "Haha, I tricked you with this modern technology." <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love it too. And you really would lose that with the right modern day setting. Right. That's true. But you get instead so many cool shots of Sherlock texting. <sighs> <laughs> All right. Well, so. that was I reached my three pronged points. Um Okay. And do you have any disagreements or comments on my thesis? Uh or do you think I was no. absolutely right in every situation possible? Uh, I think you were sovereign of Sherlock analysis. Thank you should you. adapt it. You should play the characters. Um, will you play Sherlock for me? I will not act. Really? In- I feel like you're a good actress. I'm good at doing bits. <laughs> I'm good at uh, mimicking people's voices and reciting lines from things. I am not a good actor. Would you sing if I made a Sherlock the musical? Potentially. <laughs> All right. I'll just let uh, you direct it. I don't really want to do that either. <laughs> so you're not going to help. All right. Great. I'm just going to support you. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll like look at the scripts or whatever. Yeah, I do owe you because you looked at three versions of that play that I It's okay. On One today. day I'll finish my great American novel and you'll have to read the whole thing. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that's our show. Who do I have to thank? I forgot to do this for the first episode entirely. I know. I might I might add it back in. Uh yeah. Oh, maybe I'll add it back in. Well after we have to I'm thank Sam. We have to thank Sam. Yeah, thank you to Sam Walters for uh composing our music and thinking of the name of this podcast and being my roommate and picking me up uh weed. When he went home to Boston this week, <laughs> went to the dispensary. Um, you should have said hi to me. Oh, I should have. I'll tell him. I've I'll never met him. him bad. I don't think. I know. It's okay. You won. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, eventually we'll we'll start putting him on the show mm-hmm. as a character. Um. Yeah. Thank you to him. Thank you to you, Tess, my co-host. Um. I think that's you. Do you have anything you I would add? like to thank you for listening thank to you. me talk for a very long time and also Arthur Conan Doyle 
for writing <laughs> some stuff that apparently he got sick of writing, but he kept doing it anyway. You know, that's good good on him. Yeah. Thanks, um, man. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, sir. <laughs> yeah, he's a sir. <laughs> he is a sir. <laughs> okay. Great. Well, good job. Thank you, 